0: Welcome to Bible Studies for Life for Adults. I'm Lynn Pryor and my co-host is Chris Johnson. Chris and I have a special guest with us today for this episode of Bible Studies for Life for Adults, and that is Dr. Mark Crawston. Mark, thank you for taking the time to be with us for a few minutes.
1: Thanks so much, Lynn. I'm excited to be able to be here to join the podcast today. And let me just, uh, for you, Mark is the National Director of Black Church
0: Partnerships for LifeWay. Mark, how long have you been in this role with LifeWay, this ministry?
1: Uh, I've been doing this task for about seven years now. Prior to that, I was a pastor in Virginia for uh, 26 years.
0: And uh, Mark, it's it's obvious to me that you have a pastor's heart, and I absolutely love to hear you preach as well. Uh, I, feel, I feel good. I, I feel honored to consider Dr. Cross and a friend, uh, a partner in ministry there, but Mark is with us for another reason as well, and this study that we're going to be talking about today on responding to politics, Mark wrote the study for us and did an excellent job with it.
2: So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, how How should I respond to politics and, and so uh I told Lynn I was going to say this kind of out of the gate uh, Lynn was uh an advocate for us doing this this particular issue because of the timeliness because of uh, where we were in election cycles. It felt like that it was a topic we needed to address and uh I was like, Lynn, we should never talk about something like this because <laughs> we we don't we don 't want to we just don't want to go there uh so uh I, I was obviously I lost that uh, that argument and debate, and uh, have a deep appreciation, Mark, for how you handled uh, the information as you looked at uh, Romans t- uh, thirteen with us.
0: And and Chris, I would agree with you. It's Sunday school Bible study groups is not the place for political discussions, and I visit a lot of Sunday school classes. And it happens. It happens so much. Uh, and I, where I was driven for we need to do the study is because, like on social media, you Christians they talk politics all the time, but it's the tone in which they talk about them that bothers me. I do believe Christians should be engaged in politics and the political process, but it's how we represent Christ in that that just it just bugs me. Uh, that they will be talking about how much they love Jesus. And then in the the next post, they will say something awful about the the opposing political party. And that's just not Christ-like. So that's why we're engaged in the study. And we're going to be in a a passage um, that talks about government and, and the church's relationship to the government. That's Romans 13. Here's what we want to focus on. We're not going to be talking about politics per se, but that, that we are to reflect Christ in how we interact with politics. So we're going to jump in at uh, Romans 13, we're gonna look at the first uh, 10 verses. Let me just start let, let me just read verse one because this really just kicks off this conversation. Let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist have been established by God. Just think how people react to that straight off the bat when they hear that. What are some of the ways we respond to that?
1: I think lots of times we like it when the government likes stuff we like, and we don't like it when the government doesn't like stuff we like. So, so thinking about it from a biblical point of view helps us to be able to know when uh, when to uh, submit and follow the government. And and there are actual times when we should not follow the government. And I think both of those are in this text. That's a good point, Mark. And especially when you consider, and you point
0: this out in what you wrote about the, the timing of this, Paul was, as he wrote, was under the Roman empire. And I can imagine people listening or reading Paul's words for the first time and, and to obey the governing authorities and go,
1: wait, wait, Paul. Nero, he's the emperor. Yeah, and the government was very un-Christian during this time as well. Unchristian, christian uh, immoral, ungodly in every way. And yet, the apostle says, to submit to this authority. So you got to remember that the government really does have a place in our lives. They bring a sense of order to our society. Uh, and so uh, they help us to collectively get some things done And we can't do some things in the absence of the government. And so we need the government to accomplish some of those things. And yet there are times when the government may do some things we don't like. So how do we know when we don't like something, whether or not we ought to submit to that? That's one of the real uh, underlying questions, I think,
2: for every Christian. So in in the study, Mark, you mentioned several things that are those big picture kind of things that the government can do that we can't necessarily do for ourselves. So what would some of those be today?
1: uh roads they provide roads for us they provide sewer they provide water we can't i mean i guess we could make our own road i guess we could all dig our own well but i would rather have somebody else to do that for me so the government does an excellent job at some of those things
2: so national defense would be another one of those things
1: national defense would be great except if you live in tennessee uh just about everybody has a gun so (laughs) <laughs> there oh, you man. go.
0: But uh, that's a good place for us to start, is because we do want to rail. We like to rail against the government, yet yeah, to say let's focus on the good that the government does for us. Uh, and you referenced here in, in, in what you wrote, uh, you referenced First 1 Corinthians fourteen forty, where God uh, or fourteen, where he says, "God is not a god of disorder, but of peace." And you point out that that comes to how he instituted government government is orderly and it helps us keep our lives
1: orderly and i'm going say and and i guess it's something that as christians we have to wrestle with and because this text clearly says that we have to submit to this authority and so uh so the question is when do we do it and when when not to do it so I, i'm reminded of in the book of acts when the apostles were preaching the gospel and uh, they were t- uh, they were taken to jail and uh, and so then they're taken to jail for doing something good so in that uh, passage in acts chapter 5 they basically said we ought to obey god rather than people so when when do we obey the government and when do we obey god because both of these scriptures have to be true in our lives
2: hmm. well, i love the fact in verse 3 that he that makes the reference to that Uh, rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior (laughs) so if you're doing what's good if you're doing what's right you don't have anything to worry about it's when you're doing what's wrong that that's an issue and and that follows very clearly with some of the things that we just we just had in a study of first peter that dealt with those same kind of issues if you just always do good always do what is right that's what counts that's that's the testimony that's that's how we should live our lives
1: in the ideal world that's true
0: (laughs) So we see here in this passage that we are to respond to the governing authorities with obedience. We move into verses five through seven. We're going to not just respond in obedience, but we need to respond with integrity. We need to respond with uh, respect and honor. Uh, Let me just read verse seven where Paul uh, tells us to pay your obligations to everyone. Taxes to those you owe taxes. Ouch. Ouch. Tolls to those who owe tolls, respect to those you owe respect, and honor to those you honor. That
1: we are to do that with respect and integrity in our life. Right. And so that's an important issue for us that uh, we ought not be uh, We're Our job as Christians are to be model citizens as much as humanly and spiritually possible. And so taxes, we ought to pay our taxes. We ought to be the first in line to pay our taxes. Uh, Tolls, we should not try to skate around the tolls on the roads or wherever those tolls are found. And honor, uh, so uh, to all people in the government. So uh, even if I personally don't like somebody who's serving in a particular position, as a Christian, I still have to give honor to that person and the position uh, because that's what this text reminds me of, and that,
0: and Mark, I got to say that's where I see such a disconnect in so many believers' lives is that refusal to honor the whether it's a, a president, a governor, whoever's in that political role, uh, that uh, that governmental
1: leadership, we don't honor them. Yet uh, that's exactly what we're called to do. And I would I would say that uh, I think that's also important in how we conduct our relationships with one another. And so we had an offline conversation about how mean sometimes people are on social media toward one another. And so we have a Christian testimony and witness that is always at stake. The world is always watching. And so we have a responsibility, even when we disagree or don't like something, to be respectful and to give honor and to say it in a way that would still be honoring to Jesus Christ.
0: You say here uh, in what you wrote here about when we live as good earthly citizens, people learn of the faithful love and unselfish grace of the God that we love and serve. In other words, we're a witness when we show that love, when we show that honor, uh, when we live with integrity As you said, Mark, again, that just points to Christ, the one we serve. Absolutely. Now, we're going to get, to me, the heart of this passage is coming up because we talk about we need to respond with obedience to the government. We need to respond to the government with our integrity. uh, integrity. But also, you come to verse 8, and we're going to see here that we need to respond to all this with that love and grace. He says there, do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. Now, Mark, you had made a comment in as you wrote this, that it seems like verse 8 is a disconnect from the verses that preceded it about government. Mm-hmm. But you make a strong uh, argument here to say we need to read verses 1 through 7. We need to keep verse 8 in that context. We're to show love to one another even as we talk and interact with the government.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, So I think that sometimes we disconnect our own minds and lives from these kind of realities, and we think that there are times when we are supposed to be truly loving and Christian, and then times when it really doesn't matter. But the truth is that uh, our gospel witness matters all the time.
0: That's good. I think I've heard the phrase from many people, we talk about the silos in our life. You know, there's my church life silo, and then there's my relationship to the government and family and different areas. And we, we don't, we tend to keep those separate. And this reminder, I am to express love as I talk, not as it just, I engage with government, but as I talk about government.
2: So this will be a great opportunity in, um, in groups, uh, for people to actually live out and model what this passage is talking about, that we, are, we show honor to each other. We, we, we are respectful of, dis- of those areas in our lives where we have disagreement. Um, it, this is a great opportunity for us to do that. Mark?
1: Yeah, because Chris – Uh, I could just see some uh, small groups in Sunday school classes getting kind of heated up in some of this conversation. (laughs) And so, yes, even in the Sunday school class, this would be a time to model this kind of a. That's right. We we close with
0: a question. Uh, It's the last question in, 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 in the study Mark wrote, which is how can love overcome political division among Christians? That is a powerful question because, uh, Chris, you made the reference, too. You've heard someone say, I don't see how someone could be a Democrat and be a Christian. And I've heard people say it on the other side. I don't see how someone can be a Republican and be a Christian.
2: And they say that in a Sunday school class where there's people of the uh, of different opinions in the room with them.
0: Right. And yet, I'm sure you, you gentlemen are the same way. I know some very committed followers of Christ who are very conservative Republicans, and I know some extremely committed followers of Christ who are Democrats. And for us to see, well, how can that be? That's where the discussion: How can we be people who who uh, can show love and let that love overcome the political divisions in our groups? Well, I just
1: remember that uh, Jesus, when he comes back, is coming on a horse. He's not coming on a donkey or elephant. Uh, Jesus is neither Republican nor Democrat. He is Lord of all. And uh, so we just always have to remember that we should never, this is one thing I believe, subject our Christianity under a political movement. Yes. Our Christianity must always be overarching over the political movement. I'm a Christian, before I'm either a Republican or a Democrat. And so that has to inform everything I do in, in either one of those camps. Yeah. And so this the that last question says, How can love overcome political divisions among Christians? And I would just say that we have to remember that there's more that unites us as Christians than divides us. And sometimes we get so myopically focused on singular issues, we forget that. And so the big issue is about Jesus and about the salvation of the world. Uh, and so sometimes we get so so focused on our little pet political issues, we forget that there are people maybe in the other party that love Jesus just as much as we do, and, and so we have to remember that there's more that unites us. The devil loves for us to be divided. And he loves to find ways for us to butt heads against other Christians. And because all we're doing is helping his work to be easier. And so we have got to uh, think and, and that, uh, about what really helps us to understand what unites us, what the big picture is, and, and sure, we're going to have some individual issues that we disagree with other people on, but those are the smaller issues, and so I don't have to get all upset about those if I'm focused on the big issue, which is Jesus. Wow, that'll preach,
0: Mark, and, and that's a, <laughs> think what a testimony that is to the world outside. If they could see in a church, in, in a Bible study group, there are Republicans they're Democrats, they're independents, they're all sitting in the same room together, and they love each other. They do Bible study together. They like each other. What a testimony of this. Okay, what is it that makes you different? That y'all can have those different political views, but still show such unity. That is a picture of the church, and that really points to Jesus.
2: So we want to thank you for listening to Bible studies for life podcast. And again, Mark, we want to thank you for being a part of this conversation uh, to those of you who are leaders of small groups. Just want to encourage you to know uh, just a couple of things to keep in mind as you begin to think about talking about this class, this session, uh, there's, the, there are going to be some people in the, in the room who are going to be uncomfortable with the topic at all. Uh you, you need to be aware that there are different points of view, that you don't assume that that we all think the same or believe the same uh, from, a, from a political perspective. And this is an opportunity to model how we love one another as we talk about polarizing topics. So keep all of that in mind as you lead groups. Now I'm going to let you guys talk a little bit about um, uh, something that, that is close to Mark's heart and yours too, Lynn.
0: Yes, we have a Bible study curriculum we want to talk about called You. And you think, wait, 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 this is a podcast for Bible studies for life. Why would you be taking me away from that to You? You is uh, tied, is, is now tied, to, they, they do this, the You curriculum does the same studies that we're doing in Bible studies for life. For instance, right now, U is doing the same study related to responding to politics. And Mark has served for many years as the general editor for U. Mark, I'm going to let you speak to that. Tell us what is unique and what makes U such a special curriculum.
1: Great. I would say U is our urban multicultural Bible study curriculum. And so uh, it follows the same scope and sequence as Bible studies for life. Uh, it's coming out with a whole new refresh in uh, in the fall, and so it's going to be uh, new colors uh, a slightly new layout and uh, really exciting about uh, what's going to happen with it in fall but uh but it takes it uses the same outlines and scriptures as the Bible studies for life, but adds a little more urban flavor and contextualization to those products uh, so if you're in an urban center or uh you know then uh, this could be a product that could be of interest to you.
0: one one thing i do like about it mark is chris and i in our world we talk about personal study guides we also have a daily discipleship guide and then there's a separate leader guide for the leaders with you we're providing one book that's it well is it a personal study guide or is it a daily discipleship guide with devotionals Yes. Uh, yeah. It's both. It's, and that's what I love about it is I have this content that helps me prepare for our Bible study. And then there's that content that lets me spend uh, devotionally to, to spend time with it on a daily basis, uh, five daily devotions. And then on the back of the book is content to help a, a group leader facil- facilitate a discussion. So Mark, it's a good resource. Absolutely. Uh, and so I would just say, you know, we, we love having you with Bible Studies for Life, but if you wanted a, a similar study that has an urban, multicultural feel to it, I would just encourage you to look up the U curriculum. Uh, just you can go to slash U, Y O U, and you can see some information about it there.
2: Mark, thanks again for being with us. Thank you, Chris. And again, thank you for listening. We do this because of, of those of you who listen to our podcast. So thank you for, for tuning in and look forward to being a part of this podcast in the weeks to come.